This is the Let's Grab Coffee podcast, and I'm your host, George Khalife. Christelle, first of all, thanks again for uh, for being on the podcast. We recently became Instagram friends, uh, I think is how we, we initially connected. And to be fair, I want to credit uh, 961, which is a, an Instagram page that covers Lebanese media. They posted a picture about you and your NFT work. I checked it out. I loved it and decided to connect. And here we are on the podcast. So so thanks again. Thank you. Thank you, George. It was a really nice connecting and I'm happy to be with you on the podcast. You've been um, you've been an award winning contemporary artist from Lebanon for quite some time. And, you know, obviously the NFT space is a little bit more recent, uh, especially in your work. But I just wanted to, to maybe start by finding out, like, how did you get into art? How did you become an artist yourself? Yeah, so uh, it's it's my passion. It's a hobby. Since I was a child, I this is what I do most of my times. You would find me drawing, the painting, ex- experimenting on my own. Uh, my dad, actually, he was a serious artist. He was a sculptor. Uh, so... Uh, obviously, I have his talent. I'm, uh, um, uh, I kind of I used to influenced by him in a way. He used to work at home. Um, I used to do his paintings at home. So, uh, but it's something in me. I also like to collect art. Since I was a child, I. I, I used to ask people to draw for me and I used to compare them and see, um, I used to love different styles. I wanted as, I want to um, collect as much as possible uh, different styles. Maybe it was a way for me to learn or see different styles, what I like more. And growing up, I continued um, taking some classes, um, trying on my own. I, I majored in uh, college and graphic design. So I went into graphic design thinking I want a career and maybe art, a fine art in Lebanon. Maybe it's not the best to have a career. And I was happy. It was a new field. And uh, when, I, when I've seen the lectures, I was very interested in the, uh, in the major and what uh, career possibilities I can have and the growth. So I, I, um, I majored in graphic design. Uh, I was very happy a couple of years of in, like uh, getting some experience in the field. Um, I enjoyed um, working with the softwares and the programs. I felt very creative in front of the screen. And um, all the time, I, was, I always tried to create a style for me and try different styles, different ways of um, creating a process for me that works for me. Um, I experimented with oil, acrylic painting, uh, watercolors, different styles. Um, Until I I had enough of the corporate life, I was an in-house designer for around uh, five years and I didn't, I wasn't really happy with the work that I was producing. It was not uh, satisfying, it was not me um so i i i quit and i had my babies and meanwhile i tried uh, i continued experimenting and trying uh, new styles and using my instagram page just to show it and see how the reaction would be but then it happened four years uh, four years ago what i've done is i've i was uh, a little bit feeling down maybe because I did I wasn't finding myself and when I saw that I want to do something just for me I don't want to I don't want to see what people think what works what sells I just want to do something that makes me happy 
And this is where I started, uh, I put together a really nice process combining my skills uh, using the programs, the softwares that I've I've been uh, exp uh, using them for years and I'm expert in. I played with them uh, more of an instrument, not for their, um, uh, not the way you need to use them. So I created something that works for me and came up with this style that is um, everything that I love. I love simplicity and I love complexity. I love a lot of colors. At the same time, I like a simple background so what i've done is i combined everything that i love in one style and it worked it's it it becomes my signature style uh i became recognized for this style when i first uh uploaded my first artwork on instagram i i had people interested in buying the work back then i didn't have a supplier yet i didn't have um, i didn't know what canvas to print on because they were digital when i started i started with digital drawing and it it uh, it grew from there organically and very fast i had uh, galleries from all over the world contacting me through instagram wanting to uh, buy my artworks uh, the printed ones and reselling them in their own countries and this is how it I became like it became um, a business, like a startup. Uh, I think of my art studio as a business now. And uh, fast forward uh, five years now, I have my own studios. I had my gallery. I had shows all around the world, galleries representing me all over the world. And uh, I'm creating in this uh, signature style of mine. Uh, I create uh, acrylic paintings, digital paintings. And now NFTs for the uh, digital art. There, there's definitely a lot to unpack. I, I appreciate the overview. And, you know, the, the first question I had to mind um, was, especially, I didn't know that your, your background was in graphic design. That makes a lot of sense. And I always wonder with artists, especially with this whole NFT craze, which one do you prefer? Like, do you prefer starting off with a paper-based mural, like where you can feel it, touch it, paint it, visualize it, and then replicate it? Like, what is what is that actual process like to take it from the physical to the digital. So uh, during university, we used to do the other way around. We used to draw by hand and then take them to the um, to the programs and the to create to create them digitally. But it happened like with my style, the process of creating them it it happened digitally first, and now I draw the I sketch them digital digitally using this uh, this process that I have. And then uh, if I'm painting with acrylics, so my sketch, instead of having it done by hand, I have it on a, um, I see it first. So I do the combination of patterns, the colors, I put the layout all together and then I transfer it to the canvas. I painted on a bigger scale and uh, the patterns are different, definitely. But roughly I can see how I can put them together so I can have the final product it it uh, it makes the process faster actually even in acrylic painting hmm. do you feel like the, the digital side helps you a bit more or does it hinder you like well, how, how do you how do you handle that 
it definitely helps me it definitely it it is uh, as i said i'm more creative in front of the screen for some reason uh, it flows easily with me um, probably because of the experience as well that um, when you're working with design you're working with composition with layouts and all that so everything helps i'm a very visual person so it's easy for me it's very natural for me um, it helps me a lot i think technology uh, i'm using the technology to help definitely to help make the process faster easier whatever mix and then deliver the message better so uh, yeah so the, yeah it's, it's almost i understand what your what your point is there it's like you have more tools at your disposal so you can actually piece together the the idea you have much quicker much quicker yes and better and um, when i'm using the screen or when i'm using the paint and the physical medium definitely definitely i'm thinking of the way i'm presenting my work so whenever i'm working a digital artwork the the colors are different the patterns are different the shadows and lighting and all this i can play around differently than when i'm printing them, even if it's digital, if I want to print them in my mind on canvas, like I used to do before, I used to imitate the painting. So I needed to be mindful of the colors that I have to use because the canvas absorbed the light. So there are different techniques uh, when I'm using only digital on screen or if it's going to print or if I'm painting by hand. I have all the uh, flexibility when I'm painting by hand, obviously, as well. Yeah, that is really interesting to hear you say it's kind of like in marketing, you know, you have the, the buyer's perspective in mind when you're thinking about the branding, the packaging. As an artist, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that you also have the, the spectator's perspective in mind, right? Uh, how are they viewing it? How does it come out? You know, am I positioning this art in the best way possible? Uh, yes, yes. And I, and I, yeah, and I, ha and I have these two mediums to play around. Um, they help. It helps. Yeah, for me, I can do this freehand, or I can do it um, with using digital uh, drawings and the process that I have. So uh, yeah, it, it helps. It helps me a lot. I feel very lucky that I can uh, have I can play around both mediums at the same time. I I love your paintings. First of all, my favorite one is uh, "Don't Defy DeFi." Right. Um, I love that piece. It's for those wondering. Well, check it out. I, I'll probably add a link to this. But it's the you know young girl standing up to the bull on Wall Street. But you've obviously added your your flair to it. Um, I realize in a lot of your paintings, to your point, there's this like uh, th there's two sides. It seems like part of it is dark, like you go for the black and white uh, perspective, and then there's a lot of flowers on the color end of it. And I'm curious, like where does this sort of inspiration come come from? Yeah, and, and as I said, I like um, contradictions. I like opposites. So you have the um, uh, this clash between the monotone colors, the black and white, and a lot of patterns and a lot of colors. Because I like both, and I wanted to mix them. And it is this is how I thought it. It it looks really visually nice, and um, I always want to show a positive message, a nice. Uh, artwork you wanna you wanna be able to look at it and feel something nice or I I want a positive message coming out of this artwork so the colors and the patterns and all these uh, vibrant uh, colors on one part of the painting is just to add to to contrast to like have this contrast between 
simplicity of the background, which is black and white, and it's a little bit muted. And you can feel they are equally strong. There's nothing, uh, nothing takes from the other one, even if it's this one colored and this one is black and white. So I, I, I yeah. Yeah, it has a really nice balance to it, actually, now that you put it that way. You're right. It's like when you first see it, there isn't one color that overtakes the other. They're kind of just there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's really interesting. You talk about contradiction. One of the funny things is uh, even with your um, persistence to get into the NFT space, almost seems like to a lot of people who don't understand it, a contradiction to, mo- uh, to traditional art. And uh, and I know you've 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 really put a lot of work to to evangelize what NFTs are. Did you get a lot of resistance early on from other artist friends who are like, Christelle, what the hell are you doing? You know, this isn't what we're supposed to do. Or just curious on that. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we start like three years ago or four years ago when I started to sell digital art on canvas, and I had to defend this work. So people would think that this is easy work, this is uh, a, a photo, and I had to explain that this is a process that I came up with. If I hadn't, uh, if I don't have the 10 years experience, I couldn't have come up with this, so it shouldn't be valued for less than my paintings. I used to show always my acrylic paintings to show them that I'm the artist, I painted this, and I've done, I've drawn this, and I printed it. So they were always valued less than the than the acrylic paintings and I, this is why I do uh, I print them as a limited editions of 25 to equal a, a one acrylic painting um, people have this misconception that it, digital is somehow less it's somehow easy although it's the same creative process and then when the NFT happened like around um, early 2021, uh, it was a no-brainer for me. It was very natural to uh, learn about this uh, technology and how I can benefit from it because it's. I felt it's something that I needed. Um, uh, there is a resistance in uh, like traditional artists mainly for digital artists. It's no It's a no-brainer. Uh, it's something that we needed it. But for traditional, I still feel they. They. I don't know why. Maybe. Maybe because they 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 don't use technology in their work, so maybe this is something that uh, they are not used to. They are used to the conventional ways, and they don't want to. It's it's difficult to shift. Um, but for me, I don't see why and how this is not an added value for artists and not only digital artists. Um, I'm not. Lo- I don't look at NFTs NFTs as assets to invest and flip and make money out of that. This is not how I look into NFTs. The NFTs for me are a certificate, a license um, that validates my work and authenticate my work, whether it's digital or physical. So I have my collectors who come to the studio and if they like any of my paintings, some of them, they are paying me in crypto. I don't mind because I believe in the in this, but um, they want a, um, a, a smart contract which is a, an NFT that says, I'm the creator, they are the owner, if they want to resell it, there's this, it builds this provenance, and, uh, and also it, it, it reserves my uh, uh, right as I get royalty fees whenever it gets sold again. So even for my physical painting, I'm whoever wants, or if the collector wants an NFT, I'm creating an NFT for physical paintings. I just upload a photo of it, and he gets the NFT. 
So for me, I think about it as a license, as a, validate, as a validation, especially for digital art. You know that digital art is online and everyone can save it, copy it. But now, now, yeah, now if you have the NFT for this art or for this digital asset, there's a proof of the creator of and of the uh, collector and who's the owner. So the identities are transparent and on the blockchain, which is immutable. It's code. Uh, so for me, it's something that is is very. It it was needed for me. Uh, and this is why I adopted it as soon as possible. I started accepting uh, payment, crypto payments, just to show that to, to show that I'm, I believe in this. It's not I'm just uh, I'm not playing around or just I'm not you know uh, riding the wave or because it was quite a hype. Actually, the hype happened after I launched my series. Uh, but then, yeah, it's something that uh, I wanted to play around. I, I wanted to show my work purely digital without having to print them on canvas i want them i wanted them uh, like uh, for, for to play around the features and whatever i can play with brightness colors all these things that i cannot do when printing the digital art and uh, yeah it's been a great experience so far It was Satoshi, the the artwork, the first artwork that I've done. It's uh, it's my representation of Satoshi Nakamoto. How I picture him or her, or uh, obviously uh, he's uh, he's an, an anonymous person. Or so I've so I've drawn a non-binary figure uh, with the shield on his face, the shield or her face. The shield is a kind of a reflective of all the patterns that I use, and we can see his features or her features behind. Um, and it's like he's trying to lift it, or not, so you cannot really tell who's this uh, figure behind it. And I had um, for the couple of first for the first uh, artworks uh, in Beauty in DeFi, I used to use a lot of coins in the background because it was something new for me. I was I started investing in crypto as well, so I was um, it it was all new, and I wanted to show this that during this period, for example, these coins were there were there was quite a hype or they were uh, they had a good value or something. So I used to put them in the background. Lucky and, and unfortunately some artworks I had uh, collectors asking me, why do you have this coin? I, I don't like this currency or something. They just, can you remove it? And I want to bid on it, but I don't like, I'm, I'm, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah, I'm not into crypto. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah. And how long does usually does the process take for you? Like from because I know you mentioned uh, the one misconception was it's easy, right? Like you got that kind of feedback early on, and people don't realize you know you have years of experience as a as a legitimate artist. But on top of that, can you describe kind of just the the average time frame it takes from start to finish, art piece to NFT to someone buying it? It it, it might take a week. It might take less, three four days. But then because. Because when I'm when I'm creating a series, it's not just an artwork. So when I'm creating a series, I'm doing the research, the brainstorming, the ideas, all in advance. So this we should count this. It's the whole process. So I put a lot of times in that um, to study the what where I'm going, what is the message I want to send, the ideas, how many artworks I'm gonna do, and all that. 
the research phase and then I start producing artworks. Sometimes I'm working on two artworks at the same time, so it depends. Um, and for the NFT to list it and mint it, it just take an half an hour, an hour, just to make sure, because I read, read the descriptions twice and all this, just to make sure, because on the blockchain, you cannot change anything. Uh, I used to be very um, um, vigilant about, you know, not doing, not having any misspelling uh, problems or uh, something when I'm having them on the blockchain. And then um, uh, the thing is, I started um, listing my work on Foundation. Foundation app is um, this nice platform, actually. It was really nice uh, last year. Uh, they had this um, auction based, and whenever you receive an, an auction, it starts a 24-hour uh, uh, auction, and it's always visible on the first page of the platform. So you're always seen and people would start to see the work more and start to bid more and uh, it was it was really exciting they changed the the, the whole uh, process now but yeah yeah i guess that that's the that's the maybe with the one challenge with OpenSea, right? Because that's also, for those who might not know, OpenSea is kind of like the eBay of NFTs. And it, it was the more mainstream one. But the challenge is because it became mainstream, you know, getting seen as, as an artist becomes hard, right? Like cracking through the noise. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very crowded. It's overwhelming. You cannot, you need to know the artist and just go and look for for, for the name, the account for the collections. On Foundation, it was nicer. It was more curated and you can, you get to see the drops uh, chronologically by time. It's changing as well there because it's becoming also, um, there's a sea of NFTs and artists everywhere actually. How do you set for for people wondering like how do you set the the price of your art? Because that's the one thing that's very subjective, right? It's like, and, and it's funny. But back to your point about the physical versus digital. Ultimately, the the physical there's nothing really valuable in terms of materials. Like there's the paint and the paper, but it's really all about you, right? It's it's your story. It's the actual piece. It's the story behind the the art piece. That's the, that's the value. So whether it's physical or digital it doesn't really matter. But how do you set how do you set the value for your own work? So uh, I've done some experimenting there when I started with the uh, digital uh, listing digital artwork because it was also uh, also a an auction. So I didn't know how to start and what to expect from collectors. So uh, at first uh, I used to start low. I used to start with zero point one ETH and then see how it goes. And it used to always go to three four, five, so it, it was nice. But I had two artworks that they sold around 0, 0 0.4, 0 0.4 or 0.3. I was really uh, like shaking. Uh, no, this is not what I want. This is a unique and I am launching unique artworks that they are not limited editions. So no, it's one artwork, it's one of one. It has to be valued as, a, as my traditional paintings, my acrylic paintings. Uh, even if it's uh, digital and uh, then I started listing them um, for what I think they value which is which was it started around 2 ETH and now they are around 3 ETH um, Ethereum which is the same value of my acrylic paintings and this is how much they are selling actually noted yeah so for again for just in case someone is very new to the space basically it's uh, 3 ethereum and whatever the price is let's say now it's $2800 multiply that by 2 3 whatever the the floor price is that's kind of how it's be, being valued does it ever surprise you that 
you know, people are, are really receptive because you, I feel like you've been doing this for quite a while. You were early to the space. And then all of a sudden, you know, I just kept seeing your name everywhere. And I'm like, I have to talk to this person. I don't know how I'm, <laughs> I'm going to reach out. But yeah. did that surprise you? It did, actually. Last year, um, early 2021, December, um, December 2021 or 2020, I launched my um, acrylic painting, Psychomachia. It was, um, it was 27 acrylic paintings. I had a year of work. Uh, on working on these uh, paintings and I had my gallery, I've had them on display. And uh, when I launched the series, I couldn't do a reception because of uh, COVID. So I, I had to postpone that, but I kept the gallery open for people to come. Uh, and, and then I started working on the on the <laughs> NFTs and I started announcing that I'm launching this series. And then in March, I dropped the first artwork and then the media forgot about my physical paintings. I, I did get some coverage uh, for my Psychomachia paintings, but then all of a sudden NFTs took over. Um, all the media wanted to know, and it was back then, like a year ago, more than a year ago, it was difficult to explain. Uh, the terminology was very uh, difficult um, to explain them, even though I feel that I understand, but then saying them, I don't, I don't know if I was making sense. And it was moving very fast. So whatever I know back in February, in March, I knew double and triple and because it's growing very fast and it's moving very fast. And I'm learning a lot during the process. So I used to look at my, at, for example, interviews I've done a month ago uh, before, and I was saying, oh, I was thinking, what I was, what I was saying, this is not what, what, why I'm here, or this is not what I'm doing in this space. So, uh, so it, it was moving very fast, and like when they say three, four months in the NFT space, it, it, it equals like a year, and it's true because um, the technology is is in its uh, infancy stage; it's still at the beginning. And uh, we are learning a lot and it is moving at a very fast pace. So we need to adapt. We need to um, keep, uh, you know, learning and reading a lot and see how we we grow with it. Um, at first, I started just thinking about it as a license, as a certificate. It's uh, very transparent. It's very secure for me. Uh, I got a new market. I'm selling directly to collectors. I was getting a lot of good feedback, a lot of sales happening, um, meeting new people in the space that I, I've never thought I would be meeting uh, these people. And then it shifted to, have, to having a community around this. We founded a community in Dubai and we started um, connecting. First uh, meetup was at my studio. We were around 10 people. Second meetup also at my studio. We were 40. And then now we are around 250 to 300 people. We gather every month. We do really nice events. And also we are launching an NFT project for the community. Uh, I'm the artist. And we are, then this is what's nice about this technology and how you can, uh, you know, push your, the, the limit and how you can uh, present your work. So I'm, I'm, I'm creating a generative fine art series, which is, it's not an avatar, it's not a draw, a drawings, it's my artworks, my unique style, um, and I'm having it, uh, I'm creating different traits. 
and then in 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 the moment of the mint you get automatically um generated artwork that is unique because it you know it um it will just uh, combine different layers and put them together and create a new artwork every time a mint someone mints the work so for example i've done around say 60 trades and then the smart contracts will put them all together and you will get thousands of variations of this work. So what's, what's going to be interesting is to see how uh, the, the combination, how will they look. Uh, I have even have played on the rarity of the layers of the traits. So uh, sometimes you will get a really nice artwork, but then the rarity is not as uh, high or as uh, rare as the... Uh, uh, another artwork so it's nice to see how to play around it and we also added a, a utility to this project the utility um, to give back to the community which is it is an art project it is an artwork but at the same time you are you um, the the fund uh, that we are um, collecting from the drop from the drop will be reinvested in a fund uh, and to buy uh, blue chip projects, uh, seed projects, and to create events for the community. So actually, we are, we are hiring a team to do the, um, uh, you know, to do the research for us to to um, to create value for this uh, for uh, for and to make to increase the value of the fund that we already raised from the project. That, that's actually the one thing I was going to suggest. I mean, it, it's awesome you're doing that. And that's the one thing I'm super interested in myself is the utility aspect of NFTs. And I think people forget that that's a possibility. The fact that I can also, you know, whether it's a fund in your community or a, a meta card that, that represents uh, the value of Cristel as an up-and-coming artist, right? So I, I would get, let's say, uh, tickets to your, your art show in person. I would get dibs on art pieces. Like, that's so cool. Because now you're creating value aside from just one piece that I can buy or mint, right? Yes, exactly. And um, it, it's really unique and it's really nice. And um, at the same time, you are growing this community. And uh, it, it's it, I've never had this before. Being a traditional artist, I've never had this before. So the community really comes together in this space. Um, it's it's really uh, it's new for me, actually. And I'm, I'm loving it. That's amazing. Well, uh, I, have, I have two two quick questions for you. I know we have to we have to wrap up soon. Um, you you talk a lot about the business side of things. You're also an artist, and those two sometimes don't always go well together, right? Like managing the business side, because then it kind of d diminishes the creativity. How do you balance those two? So yes, I I had the yes yeah, for the first year it was very overwhelming because it's I started to grow rapidly and I needed. I needed help. I needed a team uh, that supports me, that helps with the um, uh, management and for with the administrative work. Just following up with the shipping, with the orders. Uh, I, I I do I, I do um, connect a lot and interact with the clients, with the collectors. Uh, I do the meetings myself at the studio or at the gallery. But I, I need the help with the administrative work, with the copyright, uh, with the PR. So I I have a team. I have a team that is really we are all at the same level. They do their job excellent, and I can focus more on the creative uh, part. And this is what's important. Like 
to be surrounded by the right team because it, it will make it will it makes my life easier and I can focus on the art uh, and the creative uh, part of the business. And to grow, you cannot, uh, and to grow, you cannot grow alone. You cannot handle everything. So you need to grow and uh, get a team that uh, supports you. Definitely important. Uh, one more for you. I know you met Gary V. Uh, in, in Dubai recently and uh, you know you were mentioning how you know he's obviously a little different than when he's on camera probably a, a little less uh, ex- eccentric what was your biggest takeaway from that meeting that you can share with the audience well uh, we, we talked actually it was a really nice uh, talk he was very uh, relaxed comfortable and the advice is that uh, he gives they are logic not they are things that we know and they are logical, but sometimes you need to hear them. Um, uh, he, he's, he's, I, I think what I got from him, it's something that I, I'm convinced, uh, uh, I'm convinced that the NFT space, it's here to stay, right? It is the future and it helps, but it's not like how people are, they think that the NFT space is just to make money fast and just get out of it. It's, this is not the way to look at the NFT space. The NFT space is here to support um, to support uh, the digital assets and uh, how to validate this uh, asset. It's not just to make money and, uh, and get out of the market. It's a long game. Well, Kistel, I appreciate it. This was an amazing conversation. Uh, for people who want to follow your artwork, should they, uh, is it, wh- where, where can they find your artwork is probably the better question. So uh, my website is atelierkristel.com and I have uh, all my series uh, there. I'm on Foundation, I'm on OpenSea, on Instagram and Twitter, Christel Pshara. If you found this podcast useful, make sure to share it out with your community. And if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the podcast. I'll see you next time.